0: Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. It is time for a look at books here on Koinonia, and it's going to be one of those things where We've talked about book one, Adulting 101, but it was with your co-author, Pete Hardesty, and that was almost two years ago. Uh, Josh, welcome to Coinonia. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity, Tom. Give me a little bit about yourself uh, and how God got you to this point. And I love your story and your background, but I call it the God bio. It's like, how did God get me where he's got me today kind of thing, and uh, then we'll get into talking about Adulting 101.
1: Sure. So for for me, I am now a -A Chick-fil-A owner-operator, but my story begins back in high school. I was very involved with a nonprofit ministry called Young Life, and so for me, a huge amount of the passions and the desires that I have to engage and to encourage students was driven about because of an investment in me at a young age. So all throughout high school and college, very involved and engaged with this nonprofit ministry called Young Life, as well as with Chick-fil-A. And I had the opportunity to pursue a career in business with Chick-fil-A, but I still remained heavily involved in Young Life. And for me, I would say I began to follow Jesus Um, in a more personal way because of that ministry and because of the relationships that were poured into me in college. And specifically, my co-author, Pete Hardesty, was a huge mentor of mine in college, and that was the genesis of kind of the adulting series.
0: That is fascinating. It's amazing how God works us together in a way that we don't even understand till sometimes, you know, maybe even when we get into heaven. But this is uh, really an exciting time for young people and when i say exciting i mean terrifying <laughs> uh, <laughs> right i mean it's with with social media just with so many pressures and then this last year that we've had now adulting 101 came out i don't know what 2019 about this time and it was uh, well received and now we're at book 2 tell me why you felt you needed to write adulting 101 book 2 and how is this book different
1: so that is a great question, and when Pete and I wrote the first book, we thought that we had laid everything out that we could <laughs> on the table, and we felt good about that. We're like, there's nothing left up here. So um, we did book one, and that is very much at how-to or like what an adult is supposed to do. So this covers time management. It covers budgeting. It covers how to get a job. A lot of the skill sets that, as an employer, I was having young people come and interview and apply and get jobs with me that I saw were missing some of these elements that I thought were pretty crucial for their adulting process. So that was the genesis of book one. Pete and I had a chance to collaborate on that, write that book, and get it out to the students that we work with. It's actually part of my orientation process, even with Chick-fil-A, as I give a book to every oncoming, um, every person we onboard at the restaurant. But... After a a year or two of that book and this how-to, some of the feedback that Pete and I both heard from the students that we're closest with was, hey, we really appreciate that, but we would love to better understand healthy adulthood from an interpersonal relationship standpoint. And so we took a step back and we thought through, hey, what, what could that look like? What does healthy inner adulthood really mean? And with book two, we broke it down into two primary sections. The first section is knowing and leading yourself and then knowing and leading others. And then even with a clear picture of healthy adulthood, we realize there are so many things that can come into the way over the course of our lives that prevent us from being able to achieve that healthy adulthood. And so we also take on different mental health struggles. So we talk through anxiety, depression, loneliness. We talk through social media addiction and even just the utilization of screen time and the impact that that can have on life so first book very much what an adult adult does book two is very much who an adult is
0: mm, that is so good adulting 101 book two author josh burnett is my guest here on Coinonia, and uh, i had pete hardesty on a couple of years ago like i said with the first book and i loved it i even learned some things oh yeah right And just to start off with the second book, one of the things my wife and I observed or have observed, we don't have children, so we get to have uh, impassionate or non-passionate observation, right? It's it's easier to sit on the sidelines when you don't actually have to get in and do the work, right? So, but one of the things that we've noticed just in some of our friends' children and on social media is a lack of self-awareness that it seems like social media has created this bubble that, uh, that young people are not aware of their impact, what their actions are on the surrounding people around them. Uh, you, you begin the book with this section on self-awareness. I think it is a great place to start.
1: We really felt like it was the cornerstone of healthy adulthood. It doesn't really matter what else you do if you don't have a clear picture of who you are first and for for a lot of folks they don't have a good understanding of who they really are and the opportunities that can come their way if they continue to learn and shape themselves over the long haul so absolutely knowing yourself is the most critical piece of this and just having that self-awareness and then Additionally to that, just the willingness to change, right? So you can know who you are, but unless there is a willingness to continue to learn and to grow, it doesn't matter much. So we talk through all of that. And really, one of the things that I hear a lot from my students is, well, this is just me, or this is who I am, and that uh, I understand wanting to be who you are, but the way I, the The example I like to use is it's like watching a movie in an IMAX theater. So if you remember that, you know, a couple of years ago when we went to the theaters, um, (laughs) you could go to an IMAX movie, and it's this immersive experience. And it just takes your breath away. But you could watch the very same movie on your iPhone and have a totally different experience. Same movie, different depth. So it's, it's somewhat the analogy I like to use when I'm talking with students where it's like, I'm not asking you to change who you are. I'm saying, let's see how deep and how far you can go in understanding more about yourself.
0: One of the things that I've also noticed is that there's an abundance of knowledge, but not an abundance of wisdom. Uh, You address the difference and uh, how uh, a young person can start to gain wisdom.
1: Yes, and in the age that we live in, knowledge is the easiest to come by that it's ever been. We all have an encyclopedia in our pockets every single day. Um, Information has, to some degree, become a commodity, but wisdom is really the application of that knowledge. And so we give some tangible examples for, hey, how do you go about gaining wisdom and then being able to apply that? And it starts, again, with self-awareness, but just engaging in new experiences, reading, traveling, finding people that are different than you and learning from them. So we try to give very tactical ways to say this is such a crucial element in progressing into who you're really meant to be
0: I used to say that we now have a generation of uh, young people that learn to type before they learn to write now hmm. we actually have a generation of young, young people that have grown up with a smartphone in their hands uh, and social media has existed their entire you know life so to speak and It's got some positives, but it's got a lot of pitfalls as well. How do you deal with that in the book?
1: Sure. So Pete and I certainly do not say that all social media is bad by any means. I don't think that's true or realistic. Um, I think it's having a healthy relationship with social media is what is so essential. And there there can be negative sides to social media, such as comparison traps. And we'll, we'll talk about even... When you scroll through an Instagram feed, how many people in that feed are having the very best day of their week, their month, their year, and then what you're comparing that to as you're going to work or going to school and how harmful that can be if you have this perception of everybody else always having the best day of their lives and you don't feel like you're measuring up to that. And that can also lead to some of these other struggles that you have with mental health whether it's loneliness or anxiety, because you feel this pressure and need to measure up. And so we get some tactical tips and tricks to just help monitor what that looks like and to have a healthy relationship with social media.
0: Josh Burnett, co-author of Adulting 101, Books 1 and 2, is my guest today on a look at books here on Coinonia. Anxiety, you mentioned there and uh, it it seems like it's the norm, just the the baseline stress level for young people that I've noticed. I think it comes a lot from social media, but it's it's a real thing that uh, young people have to deal with.
1: It really is. As an employer, I'm I'm seeing this become more and more prevalent, even in the last several years. So much so that I, I actually have a local counseling organization that I keep available to team members that are going through challenging times in life. And more often than not, it's it stems from anxiety that's taking place. And that just breaks my heart because that's not where we're supposed to be living from. And But all too often, the environments that we're in creates that. So we talk through with each of the mental health chapters. The first chapter is spent defining or understanding the topics so the scenario anxiety. And then the second chapter gives some tactical tips and tricks on how to help begin to understand and battle and overcome that. Um, obviously, you can go very deep in any of these mental health topics, and that was not our objective. What we were going for is a clear understanding and then a what's next. So is this something that I am able to battle and overcome on my own is this something that I need to seek professional help what are the it's more of a launching point and a way to understand than it is to be able to fix or to solve a problem
0: I want to go on and on and on we're running out of time here you close your book (laughs) with uh, uh, your chapter on faith Um, I am somebody that believes that faith can solve a lot of ills. But why do you put that uh, chapter on faith in a book about adulting 101?
1: So Pete and I wrote this book with this intentional desire to appeal to anybody, regardless of background, regardless of faith. And we try to do that in the first 13 chapters, where there's very little mention of any sort of religion or relationship or anything else, and that is on purpose, but we feel like we would completely miss the point because for both Pete and I, that's the cornerstone of who we are if we did not include a chapter about peace and where we are able to find that through a relationship with Jesus. So again, this book can appeal or apply to anybody, and then at the very end of it, we kind of bring it around to say this is where we find who we are and where our value stems from and this is how we gain better self-awareness for ourselves.
0: How can people find out more about Adulting 101 and uh, both of your ministries?
1: So both Pete Hardesty as well as myself have websites. So pethardesty.com or JoshBurnett.com and you can learn more about either one of us. And then also Amazon's oftentimes the best place to find books these days but we're at every major retailer in terms of books.
0: Josh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure.